Okay, so today we're looking at World's Finest Comics, number seven, the fall issue published in 1942. On the cover, we have Superman, Robin, and Batman. They're sitting on the ends of giant guns. The guns are so big, Robin can't even wrap his legs around the whole barrel. He has to just balance on top. That's way bigger than a tank. I can't tell exactly what the guns are attached to, but it seems like it might be some sort of boat. It definitely has a lookout tower. On the inside cover, we have an American flag sticking out of a glacier. All around the American flag, there are a bunch of snowmen running around with guns. But they're not normal snowmen. They don't have balls for torsos. They have proper legs and arms to shoot their guns with. Meanwhile, in the foreground, Batman and Robin are hiding behind a glacier, hanging off it with their silken ropes spying on the snowmen. The snowmen are shooting their guns, but it's unclear if they've actually seen Batman and Robin or are just trigger-happy. Some of them are shooting off into the distance at nothing. So the comic starts out at a thug hideout, where one of the thugs is making a pitch to his subordinates. He's all, guys, this town is the worst. It's not healthy for us anymore. All the cops know about our hideouts and every racket we think up. And one of the guys is all, yeah, and don't forget, Batman. He's all, exactly, that's why, while I've been away, presumably in jail, I've worked out a new racket for us. And a clever hideout. And the rest of the guys are pretty impressed. One of them's like, a new angle boss? It isn't any wonder they call you Angles Bigby. And another one is worried he's all, but what about Batman? Surely he'll catch us. But Angles Bigby is all, no he won't. Then he takes out a globe and spins it around. He's all, we're not going to be anywhere near Batman. We're going to be thousands of miles away. 5,000 miles away. All the thugs are really confused. They're all, what? And huh? And giant question mark. But they must get on board with it because a couple days later, we wind up in the far north at a company trading post meant to sell skins and furs. The comic decides to tell us this in a wall of text in front of a penguin, even though penguins live in the south and not the north. That day, the people working at the Fur and Skins trading post are just going around their day as usual when they hear above them the drone of an autogyro. All the thugs land and pull out their guns and they're like, Give us those furs or we'll shoot you. All the people panic and give them the furs. Then they load the furs up into their autogyro and fly away. No trouble at all. And when they leave, they leave this creepy snowman behind. Everybody hates it. In the next couple days, all around Alaska, Greenland, Arfan Island, and some other northern points, bandits keep flying down in their autogyro and stealing all the furs. They also use another method of transportation called a ski peep. I have no idea what it is, but it looks like a little car on skis powered by wind. And... Every time they rob a little trading post of their furs, they leave behind a creepy snowman. After just a little while, they're doing great. We get to see Angles Bigby hanging out in his hideout while all his thugs pile furs around him. 
He's all, yes, we've really outdone ourselves this time. And all the thugs agree. They're like, our new hideout is so cool. And then we zoom out and see the hideout from the outside. But it doesn't look man-made at all. It's just an iceberg. And somebody stuck a penguin in the foreground. Maybe he's part of the hideout's aesthetic. The hideout looks so impressive that we even get a section of it. At the top, there's a periscope lookout tower. Then you walk down some steps and can get into the auto-gyro hangar from there, and to the side there's an exit for the planes. Underneath that, on the left, there's a repair shop, a garage for the ski peeps, and an exit with a hallway leading to an elevator. The elevator goes up to Angle's private room, which leads into the radio room. And underneath that, there's the room for loot where all the furs are hanging, the quarters for the men, and the gun and armaments room. There are two exits on either side. This is a pretty impressive hideout, but I have noticed a flaw in it. There is absolutely no way to get from the bottom third, where the repair shop and Angle's private room and the radio room are, to the top third, where they keep all the auto gyros and the lookout tower. The elevator doesn't go up that far, and there's no staircase, so if somebody comes in the exit for planes, they'd have to park their plane, leave through the exit for planes, slide down the glacier, and go into the regular entrance, where they can then take the elevator to the other two-thirds of the iceberg. Not to mention, you have to go through the elevator to get to the room for loot, which is just on the other side of the elevator, but on the same elevation. What kind of horrible, evil lair layout is this? I hope all their plans get foiled because their lair is so stupid and untenable. Fortunately now, we get to take a break from the thugs and whatever that is, and meet back up with Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. They're also doing some stuff with ice in this panel. It's ice cream, and they're eating it. Dick's having a great time enjoying the ice cream, but then... Commissioner Gordon sends out the bat signal, and Bruce tells Dick to finish the ice cream fast because they've got to go. So we can definitely rank ice cream higher on his priority list than stopping crime for the police. After the ice cream is all gone, Batman and Robin run to the police station, where they meet Commissioner Gordon and some guy in a yellow coat. The guy in the coat is all, Batman, this is the whole story. It's a bizarre case, but we feel you can solve it. And he tells Batman all about the thugs in the Arctic. Commissioner Gordon is like, normally I'd call in the FBI for this, Batman, but they're all busy with war and stuff. Batman's all, I understand. I can go north and stop these thugs. So later at home, he and Dick prepare to go north. Dick gets out this giant fur coat and puts it on. He's like, yeah, this is way too hard to move, and I don't think I can punch thugs in this. And Bruce is all, don't worry about it. We're just going to weave some wires into our costumes, and then we can connect them to small dynamos in our belts, and they'll heat up and protect us from the cold. So Batman and Robin can stay in their same uniforms. Hooray. After all their luggage is sorted out, they get in the Batplane and fly north to Alaska. Or at least they say it's Alaska a small Alaskan settlement called Klondike. Klondike is a town in the Yukon Territories, which is actually part of Canada. Once they're in Klondike, Batman and Robin have to stop. Their bat plane is running out of fuel and they need more. They go up to talk to some people who are just hanging around to buy the fuel, 
who are all like, it's Batman and Robin, because Batman and Robin are very popular. But when they go to actually buy the fuel, they hear behind them, bang, bang. Batman's all, hey, what's that? And Robin's like, gunfire, something's happening. All the citizens of Klondike, Yukon are like, it's them, the snow bandits. Batman and Robin run off to beat up the snow bandits. At first, they run into just three, and they're doing very well. But then those three call for reinforcements. They're still doing pretty well, but then one of the thugs gets in the arrow gyro and starts picking up the others. It flies too close to Batman and Robin, and they have to dodge out of the way to avoid being hit by the propeller. Instead, they get hit a little bit by the wheel and knocked over, so all the thugs are able to escape. They get up a little while later, pretty dazed, and they're like, what happened? And some guy in a green hat comes up to him, and he's like, all those bandits left, but first they built a creepy snowman. Batman and Robin go to check out the snowman. The guy in the green hat is like, so do you know what that is, Batman? Batman's all, no, maybe it's just a symbol they put down after pulling a job or something. Batman... In my professional opinion, you should tear that snowman apart. And if it has anything important inside it, you'll learn right now. It's just made of snow. Batman and Robin, though, apparently like the snowman enough to not tear it down. And they're distracted anyway by some guy coming up with a camera and taking a picture of them. Batman's like, what's this? And the guy's like, hang on, Batman. I want to add you to my collection. The guy in the green hat who is named Cal, tells them that this is Ray, and he's trying to get pictures for his book all about traveling the world. Hey, Batman, you're writing a book. You should get some advice from this guy. He's probably better at it than you. Your book sounds terrible. That night, Cal and Ray invite Batman and Robin to their little radio station. Cal tells them that he's a gold prospector, and he came up here with another guy called Curly a long time ago. After a while, they gave up on gold prospecting and started hunting seals instead. Curly lives in another town now, but they radio each other every night to play a game of checkers. So, while Batman and Robin are hanging out there, Curly calls, and he and Cal start playing their game of checkers. They play for a bit, and then Curly is all, You know, Cal, there's something I've been meaning to tell you. It was very suspicious, and then bang, 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 crackle. Cal is all, Curly, what happened? But his radio's gone dead and we have no idea what's happened. Batman's all, Robin, go get the Batplane. We need to go check on him. Cal and Ray insist they go with them. Guess the Batplane can fit a lot of people. Curly's in this little cabin about 20 miles away. But the land it's on looks very treacherous and unstable. Batman can't just land the Batplane. He's afraid he might break the ice or something. Just put it in stabilization mode, Batman. You can climb down just fine. But he doesn't. He's determined to land the thing. Instead, Robin jumps out of the bat plane with a flare and a parachute. Once he makes it to the ground, he sets up the flare and the bat plane is able to land. After all this hassle, they finally get to check on Curly. And what do you know? He's dead. All those bangs were gunshots. Curly is sitting in front of his checkerboard and his radio. Cal looks in, and he says that the checkerboard does not look like the game they've been playing. Batman takes a closer look at the checkerboard and sees that all the squares have been numbered. Cal tells them that that's so they could keep track of their plays better on the radio. They look where all the pieces are set up. 
For some reason, Curly does not have black pieces. What, is he just supposed to remember the other guy's moves? And they see that there are checkers placed on 2, 9, 11, 15, and 21. Batman puts together that these are actually letters of the alphabet, and they spell out Biko, which is a weird name. But it's not actually a name of a person. It's the name of an iceberg, not too far ahead, says Cal. Batman's all, Curly said he saw something suspicious, and then he died, so we better go check that iceberg out. And Cal's like, yeah, you go do that. I'll have Ray take you. It's only a little bit from here. Ray's all, yep, I know the way to the iceberg, Batman, and we can go. But they can't take the bat plane. It was already pretty hard to land it the first time. So instead, they're taking a dog sled. Batman also says that this is a good idea for a silent approach. Even though I'm sure he could make the bat plane silent if he wanted it to be. Now, for some reason, within the next few miles, Batman and Robin decide to go to sleep. I don't know why. They could have slept back at the cabin if they were really that tired. But instead, they decide to sleep on the journey. And because of that, they don't see a shadowy figure sneaking up on them with a blackjack. He hits Batman first. Then Robin wakes up and is all, What? Ray? You're one of the crooks? And then the shadowy figure, who is obviously Ray, hits him on the head with a blackjack too. For some reason, Ray has chosen to knock Batman and Robin out before killing them. He gets out his portable radio and he calls Angle. He's all, I took care of Batman and Robin. Should I kill them now? If you wanted to kill them in the first place, why didn't you? But this gives Angles time to veto his idea. He's all, no, let them die of starvation and cold. That way they'll be buried in the snow and no one will ever find them. You realize that they'll be buried in the snow if you shoot them too. A little while later, Batman and Robin wake up. Ray and the dog sled are gone. Robin doll, that rat Ray, he's left and stranded us. And Batman doll, there's no food too. Robin, there's only one thing we can do, and that's hike. So they set off. Apparently their wired up clothing isn't all that good because they're having a good bit of trouble. They get really cold, especially Robin. Maybe Robin should have incorporated some pants into his outfit. Like, I know you guys have a brand, but it wouldn't hurt you to have a winter outfit as well as a summer one. It really is bad for Robin, though. After a while of walking, instead of being cold, he starts to feel warm and sleepy. Batman's all, no, that's the first sign of a person freezing to death. Fight it, just pretend you're hitting the Joker. Hatred of the Joker is pretty good motivation. I can't say I'd do a lot of things because of it, but maybe one or two. It doesn't work so well on Robin, though. He's still sleepy and wants to lie down until Batman slaps him in the face and calls him yellow. Robin's all, no, I'm not yellow. And Batman slaps him again and calls him a yellow little brat. Robin's like, yellow? After all the times I helped you out of scrapes? I'm not yellow. Then Batman backs off. He's all, okay, I get it, you're not yellow. That worked really well to wake you up. So Batman and Robin keep going just fine. But that's when the sun comes up. It starts shining off the snow, and after a while, Batman and Robin can't see. They've gone snow blind, and they just wander around with their hands out, shouting, we're blind. 
and there's even more trouble for them when a polar bear comes out from one of the bluffs. This is really not going well for them. Batman does hear it and says to be quiet so they don't startle it, but it already looks like it's going to attack them. It stands up on its back legs, but then we hear a crack. And the people who can see, which is only us, the audience, find out that Cal has come after Batman and Robin. Batman's all, Cal, I guess we walked in a circle back to your little hut. Cal shoves them back inside where he has buried the body. And they stay there for two days until their snow blindness clears up. Cal asks Batman why he thinks Ray didn't come back to try to kill him, but Batman's just like, oh, he probably thought you weren't worth it. While Batman and Robin have been recovering, Cal has actually fixed up Curly's radio, which was broken when he was shot. Now they're getting a signal again, and they learn that the snowman bandits are looting more towns. Specifically, a place called North Town which is near where they are. Batman figures that they must have a hideout near the Biko Glacier, and that's why Ray was trying to keep them away from it. So Batman has to go back to the glacier, but this time he's not doing it alone. First, he goes to Northtown and recruits all the angry people there. He's like, here's the story of the bandits. You gotta do something about this now? And all the people there are like, yeah, run him out. Let's go get him. As all the residents of Northtown prepare to raid the Doug's hideout, Robin tunes up the bat plane. While he's driving it around, its wing clips into the snowman the snowman Doug's left there. And some of the hot gas from the exhaust fumes melt the snowman a bit. Once the snowman gets mostly melted, a metal box that was inside it is revealed. Batman's like, what's that? He takes it out and opens it, and inside he just finds a bunch of money. He and Cal puzzle over it for a while until they see something behind a snowbank. Batman leaps after it, and it's Ray. He's all, no, Batman, I didn't mean to leave you stranded. Let me go. Uh, Batman, of course, does not let him go. Instead, he threatens him, and Ray fesses up everything he knows. He's all, my boss, he has made his hideout inside the glacier. Then we go to various towns around the glacier and rob them all. I tell him when the new supply of furs comes in, and he pays me money by leaving it inside the snowman. See, Batman, if you just followed my advice and torn that snowman apart in the beginning, maybe you would have learned something. Now, this is good information, but it doesn't really change Batman's plan all that much. Even before this, he was pretty sure that their hideout was near the glacier, so all that's really changed is they know that they're in the glacier now. He and his little group fire up their snowboats, which look a lot like regular boats, but they ski around on the ice on three legs instead of actually touching the water. They all head off to the glacier, and inside the lookout tower, one of the thugs spots them all coming. He's all, Angles, look, an army. Angles is all, oh no, somebody slipped up. Get the boys out on the ski peeps. Meanwhile, Batman and Robin aren't on the snowboats. They've decided to act as support, and to be more inconspicuous, they've taken their spare costumes and painted them white like the snow. Batman's all, come on, Robin, while that little army keeps Angles and his men busy, we're gonna sneak up the glacier. And Robin's all, good thing we dyed our suits white so no one can spot us. Robin, does that costume have pants, or have you just dyed your legs white as well? Either way, it's stupid. If you had a costume with pants, you should have worn it earlier. 
And if you're painting your legs white, I just feel sorry for you. Body paint is probably really uncomfortable. Robin's also dyed his hair white temporarily. Batman and Robin get up near the glacier, next to the exit for planes, where all the ski peeps are coming out. Robin's all, oh no, they have machine guns, we gotta stop them. He jumps down the snowdrift that they're hiding behind and rolls. As he rolls, more snow comes up and some of it sticks to him too. By the time he gets to the ski peeps, he's just a giant snowball. He runs into two of them and they fall over, yelling, wah, and help. Ski peeps fit two people, so he's just taken out four people. After that, the machine guns aren't an issue, and Robin helps the small army beat up all the guys. Meanwhile, Angles is sneaking away. But while he's doing that, he sees Batman standing on a snowdrift. He's all, what a break, that's Batman. Well, here's where I settle accounts with him. But if you look at Batman, he is clearly a black silhouette. And we know that Batman has just painted himself white. So why would he be a black silhouette? This is clearly not Batman. Angles takes out his gun and shoots at Batman. The slugs tear right through his cape. And the comic asks us if death has finally come to claim Batman here on the frozen wastes. And the answer is no, of course. We already were pretty sure about that, so we're not surprised at all when Batman, dressed in white, comes out from behind angles and tackles him to the ground. Batman's all, I adopted your snowman stunt. That was a snowman you fired at, dressed in the Batman costume. That's a good benefit to having spare uniforms, Batman. He and angles fight for a bit, and as they do, they slide down the slope of the glacier. When they hit the bottom, Batman slips and falls over, receiving a stunning blow. Then, Angle's Bigby pulls a gun out of his boot, like he's Count Rugen pulling out a Florinese dagger. He's all, I watch every Angle, Batman, and I always carry a spare, just in case. Quick, Batman, he's imitating the Princess Bride. Now you get to be Inigo and cut his heart out. Batman actually doesn't get to cut his heart out, though. See, while Angle's Bigby was watching every angle, he forgot to watch the ground right under his feet, which cracks open, and he falls right through the crack into the space below. Batman watches the ground swallow him, and as he's sucked away with only his hand grasping out, Batman is all, guess that was one angle angles didn't figure on. After that, the snow bandit crimes are over, and Batman and Robin get back into their bat plane with Cal and start flying home. But before they do, Cal asks them to take a picture. He's stolen Ray's camera and wants a souvenir. We don't get to see them take a picture, though. It's a surprise. For the next panel, where later in Gotham, we see a giant photo of Batman and Robin holding an American flag stuck in a glacier. The headline says something about the North Pole, but we know they were just in Yukon, Canada, which isn't really that close to the North Pole, especially Klondike isn't even in the upper half of Yukon, and they're putting an American flag in Canada. You know what, maybe they just flew a really long way to the North Pole and got that picture special. Whatever. The end.